0: our Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, amen, goodbye winter, hello allergy season, amen, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, it says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, why are you surprised, amen, as if something strange were happening to you. You're not unique. It's not abnormal. Verse 13, instead, now here's the tough medicine part, be very glad. Why? Because these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. My handkerchief, baby. Thank you. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 It says anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house guess what it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Amen? Yeah. Scripture in 1 Peter 4 said, Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through. And then in Matthew 7, 24, it says, When the rains and the floodwaters and the winds come, and they will, your house won't collapse if it's built on the bedrock. I want to talk to you today on this subject. Beautiful storms. Beautiful storms. Can we pray together? And let's all pray out loud. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just ask you to speak to us today. Let your word challenge us, inspire us, move us today. God, help us to receive what you have prepared for us. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Rains, floodwaters, winds fiery trials. The Bible says, don't be surprised when it happens. Storms come into our lives, and believe it or not, they can be beautiful storms. Now usually those words are not used together. To say them together is a paradox to some, but truly there is a special beauty that comes in the time of a storm. Take, for example, last weekend, I think, was a good example of what I would call a beautiful storm in the natural realm. Friday, last Friday, it was uh, in the upper 50s, even 60s in some parts of town. And then the temperature began to drop drastically. In the morning, we woke up to rain, which turned to sleet. And then, if you remember, last Saturday, it became a beautiful snow. And the reason I, I call it beautiful, it was large flakes... They fell for several hours. They covered the ground, covered the trees at my house, covered the yard, but it didn't mess up the roads. Amen. That's a beautiful storm right there. Amen. Got to sit out on the porch for a little bit, just watch it snow and drink coffee. It was a beautiful storm. Didn't mess up church. Man, we'd had so many Saturday storms that had messed us up this winter, but it was a beautiful day. The roads were clear. We watched that. It was beautiful. Now spring is here. We're going to get to enjoy spring storms and then soon the summer thunderstorms and i don't know about you but sometimes i like to just sit and listen to the pounding rain i like to watch the flash of the lightning and hear the clap of the thunder i have a screened in back porch at my house and so often uh when a storm comes if we're able to or if we're at home when it's happening we like to go out on the back porch and Just listen to it rain. Drink coffee and watch the rainfall. You can feel the wind blowing through the screen screen windows. And it's truly beautiful and wonderful. And there is beauty and wonder to be found in a storm. I remember when I was a little boy, we lived not far from where I live right now, actually. And we would sit on the front porch of that house and Uh, As it was back in those days, if you lived in Mechanicsville and it stormed, your power was going out, amen. And uh, the power would be out, and me and my two brothers and my sister, I'm the oldest of four, we would be out there on the front porch, and, uh, you know, the gutters were always full of leaves, so the rain would come and water be pouring out, it looked like Niagara Falls on the front porch, and we would stick our heads under there and stick our hands under there, and then when Mom wasn't looking, we'd run out in the yard dance in the puddles and when the lightning would flash we would run back to the porch there was something just beautiful and innocent and awe-inspiring about storms when you're a child we had great times in those storms and i have a lot of pleasant memories with uh, as a child of storms but the thing about it was what made it so fun was we always knew no matter how bright the lightning was or how loud the thunder was We were only a few short steps away from the porch. If it got too scary, we could always make a mad dash right back to the porch. And then if the wind got to blowing too hard, the next step was we would go in the house. And we still weren't afraid even when the lights were out because we knew that mom and dad were there. We felt secure knowing that the storm would eventually leave and the power would eventually come back on and our clothes would eventually dry out. Now, I readily acknowledge that there is a big difference between a late winter snow shower like we had last Saturday or a spring thunderstorm like what we anticipate maybe even this week or a tumultuous season of life. There's a big difference in the natural rain and the spiritual rain, but I wonder how much joy we miss in life how much beauty do we miss during the storms of our lives because we don't realize that our heavenly father is sitting with us through those storms that blow into our lives so many times we can't sense his presence but he is there amen holding our hand wishing that we could realize that he is with us although the strong winds blow the cold rains fall the lightning and the thunderclap and flash across our skies. He is right there. Life is one long journey from where we are to where we are today to where we will be in the future. We're on a journey, really, from here to eternity. I remember as a young man, I used to think of life, and I used to kind of live my life as a series of 50-yard dashes, Right? You're going here and going there, everything's quick and everything's in a hurry and everything is a a big knee. 50-yard dashes. Well, something I've learned over the years is life isn't a 50-yard dash. It's really a marathon. It's a long journey. And you've got to have the strength and the stamina to run, but a lot of times you just need the strength and the stamina to keep walking. Amen? Life is a series of events that sometimes are predictable and sometimes are unpredictable. And on this journey, we're going to encounter many mountaintop experiences. Times when the bills are all paid with ease. Everybody is healthy. It seems as if the presence of God is tangible and it's hovering right over us. Times when everything is great at the church. Everything is great on the job. Your wife and your husband are acting like a darling. Amen. The kids are just being all you want them to be, your journey is one with few storms. There's also, though, days that are spent in the valley, days when there is more month than there is money. Can I get a witness, somebody? Amen. Amen. Days when everybody is sick, and simply feeling the presence of God might seem like an impossibility. Days when even things at church don't feel right. Job pressures seem like more than you can bear you and mama ain't getting along very good, amen and you might consider some of these times or seasons to be storms in your life on the surface it appears that serving God would really be a whole lot easier, wouldn't it? if the sun shone bright every day wouldn't it be nice if every day was like March the 20th, 22 and we wake up and like this morning on the way to church Robin said, man, look at the moon and I looked over at the moon and you could see it and it was huge and then I realized yeah this is the spring equinox this is as close to the moon as we're going to be all year and I took a good look at it if you missed it I'm sorry you can wait and look at it next year amen <laughs> and the sun is shining and it's supposed to be a beautiful day and we're going to have a birthday lunch and we're going to have some presents today and some ice cream cake and, The grandkids are going to be over. And today's one of those days you just write about, right? You just dream about. You think, man, wouldn't it be life if every day was like today? But there's a line in an old song that that proclaims another profound truth, and that is this. The line of the song said, the Lord knows I can't live on the mountain, so he picked out a valley for me. And as children of God, we have to understand and realize our steps are ordered from the Lord and the storms that we encounter are not strange things. But hear me, they actually fulfill a very important role and perform a very specific purpose in your life. How can a storm be beautiful? The beauty really is in the eye of the beholder. The storm is only ugly when we don't understand the purpose. The storm is only a crisis when we cannot see the christ who is in the middle of our crisis with us the storm is only destructive when we fail to see what god is trying to show us or teach us and can i be honest with you today you can't just wish away a storm right you can't just hope away a storm there's times when god allows storms into our lives for a purpose so my question is today how can i change my perspective and see uh, and, uh, uh, what the storm is and how beautiful it is in my life. I'm going to share with you just a few points today to help you. I hope will help you to recognize the beauty of the storm. Are you ready? Here's the first point I want to st- share. Storms are beautiful because they get our attention. Everybody say they get our attention. Story in the Bible, God instructed a man named Jonah And if you read the Bible, you'll probably be familiar with the story of Jonah. He told Jonah, I want you to go and cry out against the city of Nineveh. But instead of obeying the voice of God, Jonah ignored God's instructions. And he got on a ship, and he wanted to head in the opposite direction. He literally said, you know what, God, you're going to have to find somebody else for this job. I am not going to go and condemn Nineveh. And when you read the story, it's a pretty amazing story. I'm just going to share a few verses with you from Jonah chapter 1. Verse 1 through 4. And it says this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, and it says, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from The Lord. Now I don't want you to miss this next part. Look at verse four. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Now check it out. It says, The Lord sent a great wind. Everybody say the Lord sent it. it. (laughs) See, no coincidence brought on this storm. This wasn't just a random thunderstorm. This wasn't global warming run amok. Amen. Amen. This was not just the normal weather pattern. The Bible says that the Lord sent a storm to get Jonah's attention. Come on, somebody. The storm performed its purpose in Jonah's life. You read the rest of the story. Eventually Jonah got himself turned around and there was a bunch of crazy events that included some amazing encounter with a giant fish and the people of Nineveh ultimately repented. But it took a storm to get Jonah's life back on track. Come on, I want to help somebody here today. Unfortunately, we don't like to admit this, But people are not always persuaded by the goodness and the gentleness of God. Can I get a witness, somebody? Sometimes that still small voice gets ignored because our spiritual hearing aids have been turned off. Amen. Sometimes it takes a storm. Romans 11 and 22 instructs us to behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. The NIV says it this way, the kindness and the sternness of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I like kindness God. If I'm voting, I prefer goodness God, right? If you're allowing me to make the choice, I like the God of big moons, daffodils, March 20, birthday cake. Come on, somebody, amen. I like that version of God. I'm not jumping up and down for the version that shows up and says, Hey, buddy, you're going the wrong way. I'm getting fixing to send a storm to get your attention. The proof is, you know, some of us the still small voice works. Think about when Jesus walked the earth. Jesus obtained the attention, got the attention of a whole lot of people when he did miracles. When he touched the blinded eyes, when he healed the little girl, right? Some people are like, oh, man, this is, he's one, he's the Messiah. Then you've got people like the soldier at the foot of the cross. He did not believe until the earth shook and the thunder clapped and the sky got dark. It took a storm, it took an earthquake for him to say, surely this was the son of God. I don't know what storm you might be in right now, but maybe God is trying to get your attention. Some storms he allows, but according to Jonah, some storms he sends. Maybe the whisper has not been working, so he is sending a loud thunderclap your way. Maybe the sunshine has lulled you to sleep, so he's allowed some clouds to roll into your life. I'm trying to talk to some real people here today. So, in fact, if God is trying to get your attention, you need to ask him, Lord, what are you trying to say to me right now? If God is trying to get your attention, there's a reason he's trying to get your attention. God, what are you trying to teach me right now? What course correction are you trying to send to me? right now come on somebody what area of my life is it you're trying to maybe put your finger on right now what area of my life have i turned my 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 my, uh, my <laughs> thank you my hearing aids off what are you trying to get me to tune back into right now lord are you trying to get my attention see can i just be honest with you so many times we blame every storm on the devil Oh, the devil this, the devil that. We give the devil way too much credit. Amen? I'm going to say something else, and this is not in my notes. Some storms God sends. Some storms God allows. Some storms the devil sends. And are you ready? Some storms are our own fault. Amen? Now, I'm preaching to adults right now. I'm going to say it in love. Some storms are because we made some dumb decisions. I don't know why the Lord's let me go through this. Because you and I are dummies sometimes. We do some dumb stuff, right? We make some bad financial moves. We make some bad relationship decisions. We launch a verbal assault on somebody at work or somebody that we love, and then we wonder why we got to deal with the consequences. We make some bad decisions with our health. We make some bad decisions with our relationships. And then we wonder, how did I get here? God, why have you forsaken me? God said, don't blame me. You got yourself into that one, amen? But here's what I want to tell you. Even if your storm is self-made, I've got some good news for you. God's grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God loves you so much. He will help you get out of your jam if you will allow him to. You know what else he'll do? He'll try to teach you, hey, guess what? I hope you learned a lesson this time. Sometimes storms get God's get our attention. Here's another reason and another way storms can be beautiful in your life. Are you ready? Because they test our faith. A beautiful storm will test faith. Our faith. Luke chapter 8 tells us a story about how Jesus and his disciples entered a ship and sailed to the other side of the lake. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8 verse 22. Really what I should say in 2022 is swipe with me (laughs) in your Bibles. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. It tells us a story about how Jesus and his disciples entered a ship and they sailed to the other side of the lake. Several of his disciples were fishermen. These guys had great knowledge about boats. They knew. They knew about the water they were on. Listen to the beauty of this storm, Luke 8, 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. By the way, I got a pretty good idea Jesus knew what was coming. So they got into a boat and they started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon, a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind. And the raging seas, and suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Anybody ever been in a situation that both terrified you and amazed you? Amen. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the winds and the waves obey him. Here they are, they're getting ready to cross the water, so Jesus decides to catch a quick nap. And a storm comes up. They all get afraid. They start looking for Jesus. Master, we're perishing. By the way, just as a side note, has anybody ever felt like Jesus was taking a nap in the middle of your storm? (laughs) Come on, somebody. Anybody ever felt like, Jesus, where is he at? What is he doing? Where are you right now, God? Amen. I really need you to wake up. From your nap. I need you to come to my rescue. The Bible says that the wind is blowing so hard. That the boat starts filling with water. The disciples. I can just picture them. They're bailing water. They're probably trying to throw stuff overboard. Doing what they can to save themselves. Soon they realize though man. We are in real danger. Something bad's going to happen. They run down to Jesus. They wake him up. Master, master we're perishing. Have you ever noticed that we don't look for Jesus until the ship is sinking. Have you ever noticed that we don't really start crying out until the water's starting to rise in the boat? Come on, somebody. See, can I just talk for a minute to those of us who've been Christians for a long time? We got to be very careful not to become professionals in our faith. Well-trained disciples who are well acquainted with spiritual cruise control. Amen? Come on, we know how to have church. We appreciate a good worship song. We like a meaningful sermon. Three points, 35 minutes. I'm out of here. See you next Sunday. We feel the goosebumps. We think we've got everything under control. I pray. I pay my tithes. I pray over my meals. I don't cuss. I don't skip church on the first Sunday of spring. Hallelujah. I'm talking to the camera right now. Yeah, right there. (laughs) See, we've been doing this so long, we think we got it figured out. We've been living for Jesus so long that, you know what, if we're not careful, we love him, but we really don't communicate with him. He's really not that involved in the day-to-day transactions of life. See, because I got this. I know what to do. I've got my rhythms. I know how to pray. I know what to do. I'm involved. I got blah, 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 blah. And so often we're just cruising along without even thinking and God will send a storm so that we will acknowledge his presence in our life and we can reconnect to our faith. See, because it doesn't take faith when you're on cruise control. It doesn't take faith when everything is going good. It doesn't take faith on the sunshiny days when the boat is out and the sail is up and you're just playing it. You know, you got your your Beach Boys music on and you got your Yacht Rock radio on satellite, amen. (laughs) Those aren't the days that we cry out. But have you ever stopped in the middle of your storm and said, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me in this? What lesson do I need to learn? Maybe you're in a place right now, and I just want to talk to some real people right now, where God wants you to acknowledge His presence and your need for Him in your life. Come on, not just your need for church or for Christianity, but I'm talking about an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. Not just acknowledging Him as your Savior, not just claiming to be a believer, but I'm talking about a one-on-one relationship where you're walking hand-in-hand with your Savior. Maybe God's trying to remind us that we can't do this all by ourselves, and you really do need him. You can't cross to the other side without him. Can I just tell you, you can't bail enough water out of your ship from sinking if God's not involved in it. Amen? There was another instance that found the disciples again in the midst of a storm. Matthew 14. This time Jesus came walking toward them on the water. And when he saw the disciples shaking with fear, he called out to them. He said, hey, guys, it's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter answered. He said, well, Lord, if it really is you, bid me to come to you. And so Jesus said, come on out. And guess what? Do you realize that if Peter had not been in that storm, he would have not had his walking on water experience. See, we don't want the storm. We just want to walk on water. Amen. If Peter had let those waves intimidate him, he would have never left the safety of the boat. See, our faith gets tested and we are reminded quickly how much we need the Lord in the middle of a storm. Because a storm will either destroy you or it will strengthen your faith in God. Maybe right now you're in a financial storm. God's trying to increase your faith. Maybe he wants to see how you respond when the heat has been turned up. Maybe... He wants to teach you some faith lessons that you will need down the road. Maybe the storm is to see if you have sea-walking faith or sea-sinking faith. Amen. You can make it in a storm that will lift you or you can sink in a storm that will pull you under. If your storm reminds you of your need for Him, your storm can bring renewal to your life. Acts chapter 27, there was another ship story. Paul was a prisoner on a ship ship in a storm and in this story the boat actually broke apart but because God sent a message he said that nobody's going to perish no man shall perish all of them escaped to land every single one of them in the boat proving the keeping power of God I mean they all made it amen Ginger Marianne Gilligan Skipper Mr. and Mrs. Powell amen they all made it amen (laughs) even the Apostle Paul he made it amen Weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. <laughs> if not for the courage of the fearless crew, the middle would be lost. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I knew somebody would know it. They all made it. They all made it. Guess what? They made it floating on pieces of wood. But no, man perished because God was in the storm. God was in the storm. Amen. Some storms are so tough, we know it was God who helped us through. Did you know some of you, you have strong faith, and you want to know why you have strong faith? Because you can remember some of the worst storms of your life when God brought you through. Amen. Come on, somebody. Some of you got strong faith right now. Because you didn't think your marriage was going to make it, but your marriage made it. Amen? Some of you got strong faith right now. Because you remember when God made you uh, and healed you of cancer. Or God healed you of a sickness. Or God raised up your rebellious children and brought them back to the Lord. Come on. Some of you, your faith is strong because you made it through a storm. And right now, I think somebody ought to just give God some praise. Amen? Come on, he brought you through. And if he did it before, he's going to do it again. Hallelujah. Come on, if God saw you through that storm, he's going to see you through the next storm. If God made a way, he's going to make a way again where there seems to be no way. Somebody give him a praise right now. Hallelujah. God, I thank you right now. I thank you right now. I've alluded to this many times, but 2009 was the most stormy and difficult year of my life, but I would not, if I could go back and eliminate it, I can honestly say now I wouldn't because that year brought me to the feet of Jesus in a way like I've never been before. And it's kept me at the feet of Jesus ever since. See, sometimes you've got to appreciate and sometimes you don't appreciate the storm until it's in your rear view mirror until you've got the hindsight to see what god really did for you you've got to understand no storm can defeat you romans chapter 8 verse 38 says this and i am convinced somebody say i'm convinced and i say it like you're really convinced and i am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from god's love look at the scripture neither death nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Oh, come on, somebody. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. I want you to notice something from verse 38. It says, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Fears for today are the things we're living in right now. Stuff we see around us. But you know what? The worries we have for tomorrow, many of those things never even come to pass in our lives. Some of us, we are living And we're in such a bound up place. We're in such a worrisome place. And we're worried about stuff that hasn't even happened. We're worried about things that may never even come to pass. We're wasting spiritual energy and faith on things that may not even happen in our lives. But nothing can separate me. Somebody needs to tell the devil, this storm is not going to drive me away from God. It's just going to push me closer to God. Amen. Storms will come. But as another song said, I know the peace speaker and I know him by name. Amen. Storms are beautiful because they get our attention. Storms are beautiful because they challenge our faith. Storms are also beautiful because they remind me that he is our strength. He is our strength. See, sometimes we just have to rest in the Lord's strength. Most of us are pretty good at staying busy, right? We focus on the millions of things that need to get done, but we forget that our strength comes from God. We usually forget it until we find ourselves dragging, until we find ourselves feeling edgy, starting to lose patience. Everything starts to feel like work or drudgery, Every t- even things that we normally enjoy, times with family, or times doing the things that we like. God, though, tells us to cast our cares On Him. But you know what we do? We tend to just carry all of our burdens ourselves. And we end up weary and discouraged when we do that. See, we're not supposed to be doing things just by our sheer willpower. Sooner or later, you're just gonna lose steam, you're gonna run out of energy, things will begin to feel too overwhelming and too complicated. When you feel that way, you need to begin to evaluate Am I doing things in my own strength? Or do I need to place my concerns at the foot of the cross? See, Scripture reminds us over and over and over again how big God is and how relentless His love is toward us. Hallelujah. When you feel like you're at the end of your rope, I want to encourage you to look up because God is right there and He's holding tight. He will not let you come crashing down. He is your Father and He loves you dearly. Amen. I want to remind you just, I want to give you some encouragement from the Word of God. Can I share a few verses with you? Amen. I just want to tell you, God is your strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Why? Because when I am weak, say it with me, then I am strong. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Somebody let the word of the Lord encourage you today. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is the Father who is full of mercy and all comfort. He comforts us every time we have trouble. He comforts us every time we have trouble. And in case you didn't hear it, He comforts us every time we have trouble. Why? So when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort God gives us. Now, I'm not preaching about this today, but did you know some of the stuff you're going through, God lets you go through and he comforts you so you can be ready to comfort somebody else with the love of God shining through your life. We share, verse 5, in the many sufferings of Christ. And again, he says it again. In the same way, much comfort comes to us through Christ. The Lord is my strength. Psalm 121 in verse uh, 1 says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. I hope this is helping somebody. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. See, even with all these assurances, sometimes doubt comes in and tries to hijack our understanding and our perspective that God is in control. Sometimes our heart just tries to, to, to repel all that God is trying to tell us and, and assure us. Of. Some of the greatest times of doubt come when we feel and we don't sense like Jesus is present in the boat with us. When we can't see him or hear him as tangibly as we like to, we begin to, to question if he really cares. Our normal reaction in the midst of a storm is to what? Freak out, right? Anxiety, stress. Then we forget our faith. We have worries and fears. And then if we do that long enough, we're going to run to false comforts. Things that are distractions or dangerous substitutes for God in our life. Fear begins to grow in our imagination. We allow our fears to mushroom and metastasize within our minds. I'm talking about in the middle of a storm. Your fears will frequently, and and sometimes they're not even yet a reality. It's only speculation and worry. And then it turns into suspicion. And it turns into fear. And then we start obsessing about what could happen next. That is not the will of God for your life. Amen. Please don't miss that. We speculate, we worry, then we obsess, and we get totally off track. And God can calm our imagined fears because He is not out to harm you in the storm. Charles Spurgeon said this, and I love it. He said, The rod of God does not spite us as sharply as the rod of our own imagination. Our imaginations cause us so much worry. And stress and fear. Charles Ferguson said, "The rod right of God's not smiting you nearly as much as your mind run amok That's right. That's right. is smiting you." Amen. Yeah. Making sense of our emotions it requires a reliance on God's power. And I want you to notice another solution to getting back on track with your mind it comes from second timothy chapter one where the apostle paul is writing to his protege timothy he said this is why i remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift god gave you when i laid my hands on you for god has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power love and self-discipline amen if you want to walk in power, love, and self discipline, and not fear and timidity, go to the verse prior. It says, You got to fan up the flames of the spiritual gift that God has given you. I'm talking to some Holy Ghost filled people right now. You need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That baptistry sounds like God speaking. Amen. That's why I want to also say this. Every believer, you need to ask God to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to ask God to give you all the power, amen, so that you can face the storms in your life with the power of God. And the power of God can shrink those fears into a manageable size and make them disappear altogether. See, there's nothing stronger than God's power. Nothing. No emotion. No sickness. No circumstances, not even death. Paul told Timothy not to be afraid, but to embrace power, love, and a sound mind. Folks, a clear, focused, and trusting mind is critical to making it through a storm. Because it will allow you to not flutter back and forth from one fear to the other. Amen. A sound mind is quick to take every thought captive. Returning. To the truth that God is sovereign and He's in control. A sound mind sees anxious moments as an opportunity to seek the face of the Lord. George Mueller, who was an English evangelist in the 1800s, said this, and I quote, He said, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Uh, Our faith stops where our anxiety starts. See, man, that's, that's kind of, no, no, it's true. Our faith begins to die the moment our anxiety begins to increase. Come on. It's a tug of war that we have all the days of our life. Faith versus fear. Amen. Anxiety versus trust. But if you're going to make it through a storm, you need to understand God is right here in the middle of this with me. He's here. So I just want to ask somebody right now in the storm that you're in, are you allowing your imagination to run rampant? Are you fearful? over what could be more than what actually is are you more fearful about what you think might happen as opposed to what is actually going on because if you are you're playing right into the trap that the enemy wants you to fall into are you asking God to speak to you about something that exists only in your mind and when your emotions are raging on do you doubt that Jesus is in the storm with you Folks, sometimes he might seem to be silent for a while, but he's been walking with you the entire time. And ultimately, eventually, in his perfect timing, he's going to utter the comforting words It is I. Do not be afraid. I'm here with you. I want the praise team and the musicians to come. Job was a man who lived an upright life, he was perfect before God. In Job chapter 1 and verse 8, if you read the Bible, you can read the story about Job. It says that Satan came before the Lord to argue with him. And the Lord said to Satan, he said, hey. Hey, Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Go ahead. (laughs) Have you considered my servant Job? You know, the devil said, yeah, i considered him. He said, well, you just lift your hand off of him. Lift your hand of protection off of him. Let me have at him for a little while. He said, and Job will curse you to your face. That's what Satan told God. So you know what God did? He said, okay, Job. I mean, okay, Satan, go ahead. And the Bible says that God allowed a storm to come into Job's life. And in one day's time, Job lost almost everything that he had. Now, here's what I want you to remember: the storm did not come because Job did something wrong. That's what Job's friends slash accusers tried to tell him. Yeah, Job. He thought you were so tough. You thought you were so right. You thought you were so awesome. Let us tell you why this is happening in your life. Nope. Job had done nothing wrong. Job experienced the storm. Because he had done everything right. (laughs) Imagine the irony. Was that fair? Well, to be honest, not if I'm the one keeping score. Like, man. Gee, thanks, God. Did Job deserve it? Well, only God can explain that series of events that took place in Job's life. But even though Job lost everything he owned, although his friends mocked him, Although his wife attempted to discourage him, Job's storm proved his loyalty to God through the storm and demonstrated his faithfulness. And when the end of it all came about, Job had more than he did before the storm. I want you to stand with me all over this house. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I know I'm talking to some people today. Maybe your storm is a test. Maybe God's trying to test your loyalty to Him. Maybe, and you don't have to admit it. Maybe you don't want to admit it. Maybe your storm is a mess that you created for yourself. But that's all right. I'm not here to judge you for that. Matter of fact, you're at the perfect place for self-made messes. Hallelujah. You're at the perfect place for people who've somehow managed to screw up their lives and go, how in the world did I get here? And what do I do next? You're at the perfect place because He wants to walk with you in your storm. He wants to help see you through your storm. He wants to help you make sense of your storm. He wants to help you learn from your storm. He wants to make you better after your storm, He wants to bless you and prosper you. After you get through your storm, in Matthew chapter seven and verse twenty-four. I read it again. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house won't collapse why don't miss this because it's built on bedrock that's how you get through a storm you got to make sure your life is built on the right foundation you got to make sure your life is built on the right thing you got to make sure that you're not on the shifting sands of this world but you're on the bedrock of a relationship with Jesus Christ Not only that you're a believer, but that you're one that truly does trust in the sovereign plan of God in your life. Can I just say this with love? I know a lot of people that are Christians that I love Jesus and identify as a believer, but you're just not really letting Him into the day-to-day affairs of your life. You've got to let Him lead you and guide you. That's what bedrock is. That's what is the opposite of shifting sand in your life. Don't give up. the storm allow the storm to accomplish its will in your life Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1 through 2 it says but now O Jacob listen to the Lord who created you O Israel the one who formed you says and this is a word for somebody here I want to encourage somebody with the word of the Lord are you ready here it is here's what God wants me to tell you do not be afraid for I have ransomed you I have called you by name You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. We're going to open up this altar right now. And here's what I want us to do in this altar call today. Some of you, you're in the middle of a storm. Maybe you don't understand why. Maybe you totally understand why. doesn't matter. And you just want God to help see you through this storm. Here's what I want you to do, though. Before you ask for deliverance, ask for revelation. Before you ask God to just get you out of it, ask God, God, what are you trying for me to get out of it? What are you trying for me to learn from it? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to help me become? Because I promise you the grace of God is sufficient to see you through. You might say, Pastor, I've been afraid to even call on the Lord because I knew I got myself into this jam. What right do I have to ask Him to get me out? See, that's the beauty of a relationship with Jesus. We don't have to earn the right. He paid for the right on the cross to forgive us of our sins and to allow us to walk in covenant with him. So as we begin to pray, I want to invite you to come to this altar. And I want you to just say, God, whatever I'm going through, Lord, I just want you to know I trust you. And I'm opening up my ears to hear what are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to become? As the praise team begins to sing, I want to invite you to step out from where you are. And we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to help see us through this storm. Amen. Go ahead. You thought I was worth saving. So you
1: came to change my life. You thought I was worth keeping.
0: Come on, let's say yes, yes, yes. You thought I was the Come on, it might be a financial storm. God will see so you through. You your life it might be something so with I your health. God's gonna see you through. So I can be whole. Maybe it's so your marriage or your, your children. Can you tend to trust the Lord to see you through? Amen. Come on, I said God, I trust you in my storm. So you came and changed my life. You, you thought, I thought I was worth keeping. keeping. That's right. So you clean me up inside you thought I was too
1: far So you sacrifice your life so I can be free
0: So well, that's it yes yes, yes yes help so me Lord I Tell everyone I'm You know how was worth saving Yes Lord.
1: hallelujah So you
0: No matter how dark, no matter how troubling, there's never been a storm that eventually did not cease. Hallelujah. Even the worst storm to ever hit the planet Earth, the flood that propelled Noah and the animals to the next dispensation in God's plan. Eventually the rain stopped, the water subsided, The plant life began to appear again. The ark found a place of safety. And God's plan began again anew. I want to tell you, this too shall pass. Whatever you're in, this too shall pass. And to God be the glory. Amen. One last time. Father, we love you. We adore you in this house, oh God. Almighty God. We're grateful. We're grateful for your goodness and your mercy. We love you, Lord Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, God bless you. I hope you have an amazing week. Welcome to spring. I'll see you next Sunday. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also, take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.